Alright, uh, I've been told it's my turn to do an introduction because the last one was so fucking good. Um, so it's episode 55 of Drunk Therapy. Uh, we've got Chris McQueer on this one and it's, it's fucking good. Like, I've just listened back to there and it's, it's dead funny, like proper fucking couple of belly laughs in it. So uh, if I, for whatever reason, the fucking thinks it's a good idea for me to introduce it, um, I get sent instructions to introduce it. That's how much faith James has in me. The first sentence of this is obviously do what you want. And then the second one is telling me to do stuff. So uh, to hold on, obviously do what you want. Just highlight the dry gate giveaway it runs to this weekend. So I can do that. So we're giving away more beer on dry gate. There's like uh, 20 cans. You need uh, fucking followers and like, no, what would I need to do? There's 20 cans to give away. Follow us on Twitter. Follow Draggate on Twitter. Retweet the tweet. It's fuck all. Not, 20 cans isn't fuck all. 20 cans is good. What you need to do is fuck all to win beer. Is Right, that's that's covered. Cool. Next is a disclaimer from James. Uh, this is a quote. Remember, do what you want, do what you want. But here's an actual quote I've been told to fucking read out in quotation marks. He was still a bit off with his mentality, so please forgive him for not getting the. It's a joke that happens at the start. I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, he for not getting the joke, he gets it now. Close quotes. Remember, do what you want, do what you want. Just relax, have fun with it. And then he's actually told me what to call the podcast as well. But do what you want, just have fun with it. You know. So uh, I, I'll stop talking shit now. Uh, this one's dead good. One one other thing, James, I know, and Shane, the last intro, said about like folk getting in touch and leaving reviews and all that. A few of you did, and like, I'll even say it, it's, it's cool as fuck. I didn't do the Urban Dictionary quiz in this one because I fucking hate singing that song. Like I, We're all cheaper for it when I sing it, but somebody sent us a really nice tweet saying that they'd listened to all the episodes, they really enjoyed it and they highlighted the Urban Dictionary quiz. So just for that person alone, I promise I'll bring it back. Next time we've got guests in, I, I promise that we'll start doing the Urban Dictionary quiz again. And that is the power that you guys have by getting in touch with us on Twitter and all our social media things. So keep doing more of that because our egos need it. Um, and yeah, because we love you so much, I'll stop talking shit now and that guitar thing will play now. The following podcast contains three mates talking shit over some beers. As you can imagine, the language can get a wee bit hairy from time to time. So, get involved. Grab a beer and join us for Drunk Therapy, the podcast. I feel like shit's about to go down because this is the first all-standing Drunk Therapy podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it was because you can't start drinking and I'm the only one drinking. I think you're just doing this to see how long I can stand for before I this become This is legal. a consequence of not drinking, isn't it? We all just want to stand up. You guys right? like, look how healthy we are. Look how well our bodies are working. Look <laughs> at our limbs. They do what we want them to. Whereas I'm sitting here going, hey, fuck you guys. You know me? Like that. Well, that's that's pretty... Uh, well, we'll find out if that's conclusive for what we're trying to do uh, at the end of the podcast because I've been trying to get this guy on a podcast for about a year, right? And there's, <laughs> other than the fact that he's a very interesting guy that's doing some amazing and cool things uh, for Scotland and Glasgow uh, in the literary world, it's one thing stuck out for me and it was the free pint glow, right? Aye, and it aye. was the idea that 
three pints is a perfect amount of drunk that you can get. It goes downhill after that, and it's not quite enough before then. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm in, right? It's Chris McQueer, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Most underwhelming <laughs> intro ever, right? Oh, yeah, that guy, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get him in, we'll get three cans of tenants, mm-hmm. and we'll give him them just before he comes on, and then we'll test that theory. Or we'll Aye. do two, and we'll bring him on. Mm-hmm. And then... I book them for dry January. I know, mate. So I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> so I figured we'd just uh, test that theory out with Shane tonight. Uh, I would, but because we're back-to-back pod, I'm going to go break the fourth wall. We recorded last night till midnight, and I've decided I'm going to try and avoid the hangover that I had today, so I'm drinking sherry. Well, I've never drunk sherry before, <laughs> so I don't know if that will work, but it just seems wholesome. My nanny used to drink it. I don't think this is going to wreck me in the morning. Right, can we come up with a new concept for sherry? Like the Mary Sherry amount? We, like, we, I don't know, what would that be? Like, a bit of quarter of a bottle maybe? Yeah, I feel oh, like you strong in it, eh? <laughs> two, two trifles. Seventeen. <laughs> it's, it's 17.5%. It's like seven pounds. It's like a fucking very effective way to be an alcoholic. What does it actually take? I did, don't think I've ever tried sherry because I'm not an eight-year-old woman. So <laughs> what, what's the deal? What's the taste? Imagine like a raisin, right? A raisin that has got tattoos and will fucking stab you. So like a proper rough raisin. So you go, ooh, that's raisiny. Oh, fuck. Oh, no, it's not. It's, it's grim. It's, it's like a You basically just thing. described anyone in the Costa del Sol. <laughs> yeah, that'll land at some point. Someone wrinkly old people that used to be gangsters. <laughs> no, it's like, this is post January thirty first. They've all been shipped back in boxes by now. So. <laughs> right? Does anyone have a gran? Like, I feel like a granny would be able to tell us the right amount. All my grandparents are dead. So. It's like I've, I've watched a lot of Frasier. It's you put it in like a little glass. You're supposed to drink it in a very cultured way. You know, my um one of my friends. Yeah, if you can, one of my friends used to have a batch in New Zealand, which is like a holiday home. And we, every time you go there, the one rule was you had to bring a charity shop cup, like a, a wee sherry glass, and you used to have to have a ceremony. So you used to, <laughs> I'm not even fucking joking, eh? And we were like a bunch of teenagers just having a ceremony. You basically just drink a wee bit of sherry, do a cheers, take a photo, and then get pissed. like that. I, I don't know if there's an official ceremony, but that's how we did <laughs> Please it. Please tell me there's a soundtrack that goes with a ceremony that starts with turn back time. <laughs> well, I can turn that's clever. Well done. I've still not got it yet. <laughs> but I made a really good joke about the cost of the so <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one will end. You're going to get that joke in about 10 minutes. And I only listened to half of that. <laughs> I don't when I listen it, back, I'll be like a eureka moment. It wasn't a difficult joke, I don't think. It was quite easy. <laughs> my my uh, lack of attention. So let's uh, test the theory how much sherry gets you merry. So you can just dip in and out and say, yeah, start the kick in now. Well, I've poured a quarter of a bottle into this cup. I've had a wee bit before this, so if I finish this, this will be a quarter of a bottle. Okay. Um, <laughs> and like, see how accurate my words are right now. Don't expect that in twenty minutes' time. It's gonna, it's going downhill. I'm, I'm up for that, Chris. I give you an underwhelming. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris is here, hey, mate. <laughs> well, we have been trying to get you on for ages, mate, know, but it's man. probably good that we've got you on now mm-hmm. um, because you're doing so much. Right now, you were telling us, and now you're writing a play, you're mm-hmm. writing a novel, mm-hmm. you've got a wee dog, mm-hmm. you live in Deniston, and that's cool as fuck. <laughs> How are you, buddy? I'm good, mate. Um, just a wee bit stressed with everything, but I'm alright, I'm getting there. Um, so I was saying earlier, man, working to deadlines, it's just fucking, it's frying my brain. But again, I was saying earlier, like, I work better like that. Like, you need that pressure. So, so do um, you make your editor say, right, give me deadlines? Aye, or aye, do aye. you self impose deadlines? It's kind of a bit of base. So, like, my agent will give me a deadline, and then I'll set myself a deadline. 
as well. It's normally like maybe a week or two after the actual deadline, but like, <laughs> <laughs> it just works for me, man. As um, a fellow procrastinator, but aye. if you set yourself a self deadline, you already know that that's empty words. Aye, when you set yourself up, I'll do it in like two weeks, and then two weeks comes and you go, ah, I'm still not going to do it. Nah. I know, man. <laughs> Fuck me. I honestly can't get over how awesome your voice is. I like, can you just say. Hello, my name is Chris. Just one as low as you can go because you just said, I know, man, and it almost like dissolved into my soul. <laughs> it was honestly the You weird. do realise if he does that, he's already beaten my introduction. Yeah. So. Yeah, that would be a better intro mm. than he's got. So I'm just trying to do the edit. I'm working it out for you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is Chris. Fuck me. That's like fantastic. That, eh? like that. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I feel weird, but I'm, I'm like semi over here and you guys are all looking at me like, yeah, he's, he's got an all right voice. I think we found that Mary Sherry point. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not taking long. <laughs> I haven't even, to be fair, I haven't even really had a sip of him. When I'm did just, you first realise you had a sexy voice? Uh, when I was like, when I was at school, people always used to comment on it. I, I remember once I phoned, phoned my pal's house for the first time when I was about 11 or 12. And I was like, all right, is Jamie there? And it must have been just after my voice broke. And his dad was like, what? Who, who's this? <laughs> I was like, it's Chris, I mean, he's pal for school. No, no. And he shouted on Jamie, and I turned up at the house, and I was talking, he's like, fucking hell, listen to your voice, man. <laughs> Sound about 40. So this literally just go overnight to this deep? It's, I think that's what happened, aye. Like, oh, aye, man. Oh, man. Aye, Were you the man. mad, like, everyone got you to ring up the school and go, oh, Johnny can't come in, but you're like, Johnny can't come in, and everyone goes, fuck, I'm not arguing with that voice. <laughs> you could literally call in sick for yourself. I know, man. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> Chris won't be in nah. today. Aye, so throw in. <laughs> Tell us a wee bit about yourself, then, for anyone that doesn't know. Aye, aye. Um, you literally just blew up a few years ago, didn't you, through short stories? That's right. Aye. So, um, aye. My name's Chris McQueer. So I'm a writer for Glasgow. Um, so I've written two books. So the first one was called Hings. That came out in 2017, and um, I just things just um, kicked off there. Just all went a bit mental. For that, I'd started off writing by just like putting short stories on Twitter, and I was like, right, I'll just do this for a couple of years. Eventually, I'll maybe get a book deal before I'm thirty, and then it was within. It was just like stroke of luck after stroke of luck. Within like six months of me doing that, I had a book deal. It was mental, so it was. And then I've just no stopped since, man. It's been brilliant. That was one of the things I was going to ask you was how you kind of not how you get into it, but obviously, mm-hmm. like when you start going on, quite like it this it's quite mm-hmm. cathartic it's a good laugh writing mm-hmm. these things so that was it you just put it on twitter was it just a link to that and that's it man that aye, it. Aye. um i said like i'd always 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 been a big reader and like my granny and my mother they, they were always read books and there's always been books around about the house for me and um i was just i was always a wee voice in my head like you should try writing like you should get a go but i just never thought i'd be any good at it i was kind of shite english at school wasn't very good at school and then I think it just, I don't know, I don't know what happened, I was 24, just something clicked in me, I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to get a go, see what happens. And I wrote the kind of first story, and I was like, I like this, this is good fun, I'm really enjoying this. And I found it to be, like say, like quite cathartic in it. And I was like, right, well this is the first thing I've ever found that I actually think I might be alright at, and that I enjoy. Like, finally I've figured out what I want to do, what to be a writer. And I just kept going, and I was like, right, doesn't matter how long it takes me, I'm going to be a full-time writer, that's my goal. Did I just you- die. You get massive fear, don't you, when you put yourself out there a wee bit? Aye, man, I remember like, the first the first time putting a story on Twitter, it was, I was sitting in my room, like, stomach churning. I was like, why, why do I feel like this, man? It's so weird, but it's because you're, like, you're letting people see like, how your brain works. It's quite an intimate thing, like, letting somebody read something that you've written, like, a creative thing or, like, a personal reflective thing or whatever. So, like, it was, and I was like, what if people don't like it? What if people think I'm weird? What if people think I'm at it? What if, I don't know, man. And eventually, I just, I just done it, and... It was just, it was nice, like, loads of nice feedback off people and that, and then a couple of people, like, actually critiquing my work, which was quite good as well, like, 
oh, you've got something here, pal, but you should try and do it like this or try and work a wee bit on this kind of thing. That was nice and all, so... Was it yeah. nice at first? Or were you like, fuck off, mate? Look at all these people saying good things. <laughs> no, at first I was like, fuck you, man. Who drank you off, man? <laughs> and then I realised, I was like, wait, maybe I'll just try it out, mate. It's loose because, like, Glasgow especially is, is just like New Zealand where it's the mad small poppy syndrome. A mm-hmm. tall poppy syndrome, sorry. So, like, if someone's going out and mm-hmm. trying to achieve... It's kind of cool just to go, ah, oh, fuck that guy. Look at him aye, trying. Aye. What a cunt. You know aye. what I mean? Like, it, it's weird. It's, I think we, because, you know, New Zealand's basically like built from Scottish hands. So it's um, it's, it's interesting that I think we took the tall poppy syndrome because, like, we love if someone's doing really well. Like, people will mm-hmm. go, Chris McQueen, that guy's nailing it. Fucking love that guy. But see, in the early stages, when you're actually trying or if you look aye, like you're aye. trying, they're like, psh. Fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, that's shite. You know what I mean? 100%, eh? We, uh, this podcast, I noticed, we, like last week, was our first anniversary of putting out our first episode. So we released a little thing just to celebrate it. But I noticed mm. at the time that our Twitter account didn't get wasn't active until two months after we released our first podcast. So that must have been, it's like what you're saying there, like we had these podcasts and we're putting them out, but we must have just been going, nah, they're shite. Like, let's, aye, aye, let's aye. not tell him to about them. <laughs> There's 100%. a story behind it. Did we not have... Nah, so we still changed the name, but it was the same account. We oh, had right, that nah, we, problem. We were yeah. really, really scared. Yeah. Like, genuinely mm-hmm. just putting yourself out there. Like, we did this initially mm-hmm. just for us. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, well, let's dabble with it. And then as soon as it came to... Um, actually publishing a podcast there was probably some mini fights between us like nah let's not do it fuck it let's do it like but let's aye. do it not tell anyone let's hope people just discover it falls out and went fuck it this sounds good and it's aye, like yeah. reading it back and going I'm actually enjoying this I'm mm-hmm, laughing mm-hmm. like you're saying with your stories when we mm-hmm. all listened to it I was going ah, there's something here it's, it's mm-hmm, a good dynamic mm-hmm. um, first two books were kind of like short stories weren't aye, they aye 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 was there ever a short story that you looked at and you mentioned there that you're letting people into your mind and seeing how weird mm-hmm. you are? Mm-hmm. Tell us one that ended up in the bin because you're like, fucking <laughs> hell, that's too dark. Eh, that was a couple, man, eh? Eh. But some of the some of the, like, the weirdest ones did end up like in the book. So it kind of... There's one in the first book. It's, a, it's called The Budgie. It's about this old guy. He's after his wife dies. He wants to buy a company, so he gets a wee budgie. And then he discovers one morning that the budgie's wings have fell off. And it's got wee human arms. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, fucking hell, what's going on here? And then the budgie's like signalling like for a pen and paper. So he gives him it and the budgie's just writing him abuse. So he does. <laughs> and then eventually the budgie's like, right, you know, um, you know, you line my cage with like the the racing bit for the paper. Like, I know about horses, take me to the bookies, I'll sort you out. And he like convinces the guy to like put his life savings on a horse and he just ruins the guy. So, <laughs> so like uh, that was quite weird, man. There was a couple, I know. We put them into like a wee book. So I was thinking there was maybe like nine nine stories for the first book. I thought they were weren't they quite good enough or they were just a wee bit too weird and we put them into like like a wee kind of limited run. It was like Hings, the B sides it was called. So it was stuff that was just a wee bit too weird, man. We put that one. So there was like one like um it was maybe like a kind of Scottish version, like see the film Her. It was about this wee guy who like lives in like a smart home and he's like fell in love with it and he's trying to explain it to like his dad. And his dad just isn't having it and he's just fucking like getting his boy abuse. Like, what are you doing? You got to fucking shag your letterbox and all that. Like, <laughs> how's it going to work and stuff like that? Um, aye, man. There was a couple in, in the new book that didn't make it. Um, it was, there was one that was just, it was just called Two Cunts in a Desert Island. I was like, just imagine you go to the two most horrible cunts in the world, put them on a desert island, what would happen? And then just, just all sorts of shit happens, man. But, that, um, I, didn't, was, I didn't quite finish that one. Just. I started reading Here We Fucking Go. I've seen that when just before we started this mm-hmm. in the opening story, and it's called Craig Tara. Aye. And just <laughs> honestly, it's one of the funniest things I've read in a long, long time. And it was like kind of a relatable thing. And I thought 
it would be really fun trying to explain Craig Tara to Shane and mm-hmm. the idea because we but all right we're calling it Craig Tara I'm pretty sure we all call it Butlins at Air still aye, aye, aye. It's I, Butlins I got at lost air. in Butlins at Air once and a nice policewoman took me to my mum that's oh. the end of that story <laughs> great story bro great story <laughs> Butlins at Air Shane was like this the holiday it still exists I don't know who owns it now but it's like the go to weekend away when we were younger and it's like a caravan park but it had like the shittest amusements it had a roller coaster called the Looping Star I don't know right. if anybody remembers that I genuinely can't remember it other than being lost there was a, there was and a, I think my granddad died in Butlins fucking hell man stop <laughs> fucking talking turn that cunt's mic off did they die on the Looping Star because that looked fucking dodgy that thing <laughs> uh, let's just say alcohol got him it <laughs> <laughs> was a sinister turn out <laughs> That sounds fucking weirdly similar to your story. <laughs> Not that I'm giving anything away with it, but it's fucking great. But I, it's like just where everyone went. And I remember going, and my now brother in law, I remember seeing him nearly getting a fight. And for whatever reason, it just transitions people into fucking nutters for a weekend. What's that place in the north of England with the ship rides that like? Blackpool. Yeah, is it like Blackpool? Blackpool's okay. amazing, mate. Oh. Yeah. Blackpool's not amazing. Oh. Don't, don't listen <laughs> I've heard mixed reviews. You're the only one that's gone, Blackpool's amazing, man. I'm like, so many jellyfish on the beach. Is there not just mad Hindu stag night, just like, die, grim, mm. like proper, like the worst of the worst of fucking it's, England? There's loads of places like that. There's not really so much in Scotland, but there's loads in England where mm. in like the 20s, that was where every cunt went for like two weeks. On the holidays, it's not always mm-hmm. like Burnt Island. Everyone in Scotland went to, uh, yeah, oh, no, yeah, like Fife, and they had the. I still think that they've got the biggest got the outdoor carnival in Europe or something when the oh. Lynx Market comes up. Good, this is a rock and roll podcast. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask you, mate, seeing you're talking about fucking buds with the arms, <laughs> is there such a thing as like you get method acting where people take themselves to a mad mental dark place Aye. to play a character? Do you need to do that to write these stories, or do you just have a few beers and go, What's the maddest shit I can think of? Aye, that's it, man. I was just, um, nah, I don't really subscribe to that method acting, carry on, just act you don't need method act like um but i just i like, genuinely i like writing like saturday night like with a couple of beers like it is good and like you just kind of just run right man if you think it's weird then if you think it's too weird just go with it and see what happens see if you can make it weirder because that's when the kind of humor comes out man so I, I just i get an idea and i just run with it and just try and like just beat it to death you know what i mean like run it to death like just keep going keep going keep going you can always read it back you know what i mean like and then if it makes you laugh it's aye and, aye, aye and that's what's it, the because you're writing a novel now, aren't you? Aye. What's the what's the thought process with that? How do you build something a lot larger than a short story? Aye, it's been it's been murder writing this novel because like, I've been at it now for about eighteen months, and um, so obviously I'm used to writing short stories, which kind of like you know, the longest kind of short story I've written was like ten thousand words, but the average is kind of like three or four thousand words, and you can battle that out in like a week, like kind of no bother. But with a novel, you're looking at sixty, seventy thousand words, man. You need to try and like, devote like a year of your life to make sure it's decent and that all the different plot strands or tie in girl and everything all works. Do you even like, get? Oh, sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. No, it's just trying to keep my attention on it. Like, just my attention span is like short, short to bits. I just want to spend a week on something, finish it, move on to something else. But I've been at this now for like fucking eighteen months, man. It's driving me mental. <laughs> Do you ever look at it and go, "Ah, oh, this is shit. I should start." Again. Do you ever have those moments where you get that just mad like anxiety and go, "No, it's not good enough. Fuck, I, what am I doing?" I done it. I done it with. The first draft, I finished it, and I read it back, and I, I done that. I was like, "That's just shit. That's just is not good enough." 
and I was in a bad mood anyway, and I just deleted it off my computer. Fuck, and I went and deleted it, deleted the file, went into the recycle bin, empty recycle bin, <laughs> away, <laughs> and I just started again. So was, that, was that cathartic? Just going, fuck it, I've it got the ability mate, to just aye. get rid of this, it's was, the monkey off my back, fuck aye, you. It was a good feeling, man, because I just, I, I just was, was shite, so yeah. it was. And then, Obviously, if your publisher's listening... That was, good. that was the same day your laptop <laughs> fucking blew up out of the blue eyes. Yeah. Spilt that water on it. What's that about? Like, so can you give any hints? Aye, man. Um, so this, is, this all happens quite early on in the novel. So basically it's about a, a mom and her son, like a single mom and her son. So the son's like 19. He left school when he was 16. And for these three years, he's just done nothing. He's not even left the house. He's just become a total hermit. So it's called hermit. So basically like... She goes, the more kind of goes like days, sometimes weeks without seeing him because he's like nocturnal basically and she's at work. So he just, she only knows he's alive by the fact that like, food's getting taken out of the cupboard, whatever. So, um, but what's happening in his room is like he's kind of fell, fell in with this like group of incels online. I like, kind of read it for him and he becomes obsessed with these incels. And his wee pal says to him, like, they've got like a commune we can go to. It's down in London. And, like, we can live there rent free, like, no hassle, just like play games and that, whatever, smoke weed, just live like that basically. And he's like, fuck, I'm going to do that. So him and his pal like, meet up and they plan they're just going to go, they're just going to run away to London. So they do that, but then obviously it takes them all like a week to realise he's missing. <laughs> so she phones the police, like, reports her son missing, they're like, how long has he been gone for, do you think? She's like, I honestly don't know. So she gets pure vilified by the press because of it. So they're kind of accusing her of murder, basically. So she's then going to try and find her son, clear her name, and then the wee guys up to all sorts in the meantime. Sounds uh, fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Went to it, mate. Hey, it's still no finish, mate. So. Is, is there a cameo from the budgie? I was going to say. No, no, no. <laughs> the background is man, just a beach pressing fucking budgie. <laughs> <laughs> Ideally, man, I'd like to get out for Christmas, but um, see what happens, man. See what happens. And, mate, it blows my mind when you said, I've got an agent. Does that not just feel cool as fuck? Ah, it's class, mate. I was oh, dropping yeah. into any conversation I can. So. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of feel like a football, did you? <laughs> what, That's um... Bizarre, Something I was going to ask you, I was thinking about it uh, today, mm. and like, there's this perception, see if I was to look at you, and I was look at your Twitter, and I'm like, this mm. guy's, you know, he's got two books out, he's, uh, life looks amazing, he's got a mm. loving girlfriend, he's got a great wee dog. Mm. The freelance life is not the fucking easiest oh, in the world, mate, is it? It's hellish, man. I think every, every country seems to think I'm like a millionaire or something. And aye, like, that's the um, perception versus aye, man, reality, aye, aye, aye. So like... Like, the new, like, I'm making, like, less money than I was when I was working, like, full-time in retail, like, on minimum wage. I'm, like, fucking just, like, keep my head above water, basically. And, um, but it's trying to deal with that, do you know what I mean? Because people also seem to have this perception of me that I'm, that I'm, like, I've pure changed. Like, I'm not the guy I was, but before I started writing books, every, as if everybody's just waiting for me to turn into an arsehole. Yeah, maybe, I, 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 I always have been an arsehole. people maybe, you in school with and that? Or your, it's like, just dance? everybody, mate, you just see it on... On Twitter, like anything I say, or anything I do, or anytime I'm gone somewhere, and it's just always like, oh, you've changed, like, you're just we we digs, like, you know what I mean? Like, people try to be funny, but you can tell, like, there's, there's a kind of thought process uh, behind you it. Bump you bump know into mean? somebody like, just as you're coincidentally walking past, like, a jazz bar. Like, <laughs> for fuck's sake, no. Yeah, I, I remember, like, um, I've started writing for the Evening Times, and when that got announced, there, there was a big thread on, like, a Rangers fans forum, like, follow, follow, and they were like, um, like, who is this wee guy, Chris McQueer? says he's a Celtic fan, he's got to for the Evening Times. Who is he? He seems to be pure playing up his working class roots and all that. And a guy said, he's like, oh, I've done a bit of digging. Turns out he's mom and dad, both doctors. And he went to Glasgow Uni. I was like, none, none, that's not true. <laughs> first part, mate. I don't even know my dad. Like, <laughs> fucking hell, man. Like, it's just bizarre, man. It's, everybody's just, like, they want to take, you know, they want me not to be working class. They want to find something that just proves that I'm not working class or something. It's weird, man. People want to tear you down when you 
you're aye, achieving aye. something, aren't you? That's weird, man. Aye. Um, how do you deal with that, mate? Like, because you you live a lot of your life online. Aye, aye, you, aye. You purposely do that, but aye, you're aye. always going to get, especially Twitter, man. There's a aye, lot of mate, fucking aye. toxic people aye, out there. Aye. So, do you try and compartmentalise what's happening? You know, like fuck these cunts off to the side and mm. just take the positives out of what I'm doing. Aye, aye. Um, I used to kind of struggle with it, like the first kind of year or so, gone like freelance like, after the first book came out and that, and um, it was it was quite hard like seeing. So I was just just taking a positive stuff. It was all like, oh, brilliant, you've got a book coming out, excellent, man. And then it kind of started, tide started to turn a wee bit. And there was just wee digs coming in here and there, and that started to kind of freak me out. I was like, fuck, man, just, am I just no likeable or something? Or just people just don't, is that me finished, basically? Do you know what I mean? The novelty's wore off. I'm not a new writer anymore. That's me. It was, it was weird, man. Um, but now like, I just kind of just roll with it. Do you know what I mean? I'm just kind of used to it now. And um, I'm just quite happy, doing my own thing. Write my ebooks. <laughs> so that's it. Like what you're saying there as well is less money than when you worked in retail aye, or aye. as a crime scene cleanup, which I really want to talk about. Aye. Um but that's fucking mental. Like see anyone that mm-hmm. looks at you and sees you, they're like, This guy's well off, he's mm-hmm. on well on his way. Mm-hmm. That's a reality that people don't see. Like you're aye, probably man, struggling to pay your rent sometimes. Fuck I mean. Aye man, that's the thing, like there's just not a lot of money in, in books. And like they say like, there was a thing came out and it's like the average wage a full-time writer is like 13 grand a year but that's that figure is like massively inflated because of like other mouths jk rowling who are making millions mm. so the actual reality is probably less than that do you so, know what i mean it's mental so people don't really realize like, how does it work for authors in the same way that kind of i know spotify kind of fucks over or doesn't mm. fuck over but artists get paid aye, aye, to aye. fuck all so today for example i seen the uh, your books you could get them for nothing on kindle if you aye, had aye. an amazon unlimited account mm-hmm. So how does that work for you? Do you get paid like a flat fee for them to do that? Or do you just, if somebody downloads that for nothing, you get like a I, fucking fraction of a penny I, for I, it or something? I don't know how it works when it's owned for nothing, but like sometimes Amazon put it owned for like 99 pence and stuff. And I'm walking away with like six pence out of that, do you know what I mean? So it's like, you just get a wee cut every sale, basically. And that, that's part of the reason why I kind of put so much of myself online. I went to be like accessible and like talk to people that read my books. And it's kind of like your personality as well that, sells the books do you know what I mean so it's kind of it's that kind of thing it just helps bring in more readers and Aye. it's nice and all it's nice like, I built up a kind of nice fan base and it's, it's good like good people around about me and it's, it's nice like hearing people saying that they like my books and that and well if I was the thing when I read it and I'm going to be like the fucking millionth person to say Aye. this and I'm not <laughs> even sorry about it is it asked when I started reading your stuff I immediately mm. thought Arvin Welsh Aye. I'd, like, Aye. I'd, I was just getting like acid house vibes for the short stories mm-hmm. And I thought, are, are you sick of that yet? Is that like a nice compliment? Or is that like a kind of, ah, cool, I'll, I'll always take that kind of thing? It's nice, aye, it's nice. Um, so I'm a big Oven Welsh fan, man. I love him, I think he's brilliant. Um, so when we sent the first book out to like get reviews and stuff, that was one of the things that came back a couple of times. It was like, let me meet Southern Welsh. And I was like, oh, brilliant, man, chuff with that. That's my two heroes, man. Mm. But then I realised like that's going to be on the front of the book. People who like Oven Welsh and Lemmy are then going to be buying it because of that. And then I then need to live up. Fucking lemon of a Welshman. So, have you met them? I've met them based like, their book signings. I've gave them my book, just brass neck, just turn up with a copy of my book. Like, <laughs> I'm buying yours, here's mine. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, aye, man. But, um, I don't know. I do want to kind of like force mine past. You know I mean, I'd like yeah, to just, yeah. I'd like to get away from comparison to other writers and just be mine guy. You know what I mean? Do you like that whole freelance hustle? It's crazy because my brother's quite into it. It's, it's probably taken him. It took him about five years of doing that hard out, oh, yeah. and we were like, "Oh, he's making movies, he's nailing it, rah rah rah." Mm. But he's like, "Man, you, you might not, you might do one big project every six months, and then oh, kind yeah, of right. you're sitting there going, fucking hell.' Have you like 
I, I know you've been um, like commissioned for BBC programs. Are, mm-hmm. are you kind of trying to work on side hustles or other things, or do they just kind of present themselves once you get a bit of a profile? Do people go, oh, fuck, he'd be like, <laughs> right now I'm going, <laughs> fuck, if he doesn't read adult novels, <laughs> we need to make that fucking happen. Eh? <laughs> but do you find yeah. people go, hey, I've got this project for you, or are you still like, chasing it and oh how does that work it's, it's starting to get to that point where as kind of people coming to me which is really nice um still not quite at that level yet but still things are coming to me and it's getting to go to the point like i've always been like this i just say i like any opportunity that presents itself to me i just say i and just throw myself into it and just because you don't know what's going to come for it not i mean so just i just say i everything man that's a that's uh, a brilliant attitude man aye, unless it's a, an opportunity that lands you fucked but I know, man. <laughs> honestly taking taking something on you never know where it's going to lead aye, that's it, mate, aye. tell us a wee bit about when you were a crime scene cleaner that, that just good, sticks man. out to me man whenever you see anything online about aye, you aye. it's an article or an interview it's just he was a crime scene cleaner aye, man. in I, glasgow of all places i know mate that was honestly that was the best job i've ever had like <laughs> it was fucking brilliant man like the company i done it for they went bust see if they hadn't went bust i would still be doing it 100 i love it man it sounds really morbid it sounds fucking weird that i liked it but it's brilliant i would have thought that company was the police (laughs) (laughs) i know man no we'd get kind of brought in to just clean up the mess basically so a lot of the work we got was in paisley it was like like, clean up a close after somebody had been stabbed or like whatever man and um, we've done a lot of work where we'd work for like councils and we'd go into like who sees where like the tenant was like a hoarder so you'd go into the house and it'd just be full and the council would just say well, just empty it man I'd, empty I honestly it. would love to go into a oh, house like that excellent man I'm a nosy bastard so it's like the perfect yeah, job for you'd me just, like, like, you'd spend I'm, hours just fucking I bet you'd find something you're like this is worth it like I this know. is worth at least <laughs> a 10 grand or something like, oh, I never found it in good never did 70s I, porn I, I, porn, <laughs> I'd imagine what was wait, what was the worst thing you saw like what was the worst thing that you went you know because you say it's a class job but to me that mm-hmm. sounds fucking horrible was, was there anything that you went Paisley would be uh, the worst thing that you saw. It was probably, it's probably there's three, three really, really bad ones. So the first one, um, so it was, I worked with my granda when I was doing it. It was me, my granda, my ma, and my auntie. I ended up working for this same company doing it. So it was me and my granda. I get sent to do a job. It was in Greenock. And uh, we go into this house. And the woman had been evicted. She just fucked off, left everything. So we get told to clean it out. But it was a smell in the house. And it smelled like a dead body. Mm. And we like, fuck, what is that? There was loads of like, dishes in the sink. Like, the bin was overflowing. Well, like, it must just be that. So the last thing that came out of the house was the couch. I was like, I smell, man. It's in the couch, whatever it is. So me and my granddad are putting it in the van and then we like turn it over. And like the boat in the couch was like, see, it's got that kind of like black, kind of like thin material on the boat in the couch. Like that was all ripped away. And I peeled it back and there was a dead cat in it. Fuck And off. it was just like rigor mortis, like solid. It was a shame, man. So I was obviously just fucked off, left the cat in the house. They die itself. It's tragic, man. Uh, the other one was a guy had died on the toilet. And he'd been, he was there for like, he was there for like months, eh, no months, like weeks. So it was like neighbours had complained about the smell and we went in. The body was away, obviously, but it was still like just having a skin and had shit he, and all that attached to the Had he started pan. taking a shit before he died? Uh, when you die, mate, everything just comes out. Fuck so it does, mate. So, was that convenient then? Yeah. I was going to say, if, we're, if you're cleaning up the crime aye. scene, you're like, thank God he got to the toilet aye. first. Aye, man. We like fucking like, we get told to like clean the toilet. So like, we absolutely scrubbed this toilet, man. Every trace of this dead guy was away from it, man. You could have hit your dinner if it was spotless. And then the woman came in to inspect it. And she's like, oh, you didn't need to clean it that much. You just had to clean it enough so the guys for the council could rip it out. Oh, and we all like, oh, for fuck's <laughs> sake, man. <laughs> but honestly, man, not my parent to clean it. And then the last one was like, uh, where was that? So in sort of Renfrew or something. 
it was a heroin addict's house, but it was like used as just like a squat, like he'd just having hundreds of people up, so there was needles everywhere. But the guy's toilet was in the bottom, and he'd just been pissing in bottles. And I can't, it was honestly like thousands of bottles of piss in this house, man. Oh, yeah. Wild, mate. I brilliant job, mate. Great day. Yeah, let's try to piss in a bottle. It's no, no it's no the easiest thing to do. It's not. It's awful. I oh. tried it. Oh no, yeah, I must have been the world champion. <laughs> <laughs> on a rugby tour, one of the dudes in our team, like, we were coming back from a game, and he pissed in a bottle, and he was waving it round like I'm going to throw it to you, and then the bus Is that a plastic stopped. Bottle or a beer bottle. Uh, it would have been like a fucking a LucasAid thing or something like that. See, that's that's a decent size. Yeah, nice <laughs> hole at the top. But he, um, the bus stopped and he just threw it on himself, and it was oh, fucking amazing. No, no, no. Like so, <laughs> <Yes>! he, <laughs> woo, party. No, he was kind of walking around and he was gonna like pretending to throw it on people, and people were like proper, like oh fucking stab you in the eye if you get me with that <laughs> and then the, he was walking around with it and the bus stopped and he just kind of accidentally tipped it on himself and Ugh. there was a mixture of like laughter and like if you come near me I genuinely will kill you so bad you'd be so dead like but like it was wow, just man. like this dude coated in piss for about Did three years like, fucking keep away from him yeah <laughs> and he was a cunt as well so good, good <laughs> like it was like yeah good I'm glad that karma got you but you better fuck off away when from things me. like that happen to cunts you know it is karma it's good um, the most unbelievable scene in Dumb and Dumber out of all of them was the fact that that guy pissed into those beer bottles whilst there was Aye. a moving car there's no <laughs> way he done that I'm just wondering if that's what the syringes were actually there for could he not look <laughs> Piss- no, it was, you could piss on a syringe would be more difficult than pissing in a bottle. <laughs> it's like, use it as like a, I thought you maybe just push it into your bladder. And I like extract it. it. I like literally take the piss and then just fucking squeeze it into the bottles. Like some advanced that, surgery on himself to remove urine? No, I don't think that's I don't think that was the reason they had needles there from. No, Probably out of junkie's it. wheelhouse, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> do you think you could do that or do you think it would poke, poke a hole and it would just all start coming out? I wouldn't want to be the guinea pig for it. How does a catheter work? Did he just stick that up? <laughs> yeah, bro, uh, it's grim. I haven't had one, but I've uh, my mate had one. I don't want to say his name, um, but he had one not, not long ago. And I was like, as soon as I saw him in hospital, I caught up to him. We gave him some chocolate, said hello, mm-hmm. niceties. Bro, is there something in your penis? And he's like, yeah, man. And he went into the detail. It seems grim, eh? They, they put it in and he's like, getting it out is like, he's like pulling some mad rubber tube and that just flings back he's like it's, oh, it's fucking horrible it's nice of you not to say his name even though in the, like, the past five podcasts <laughs> we've been talking about that mate of yours who had that accident on holiday <laughs> and you've been giving yeah. his name out like no one yeah. knows it's Sorry, Sam Galati obviously yeah. not him it's I, not yeah. Sam if you're, if you're thinking it's Sam you're wrong you guys ever had a tube put into your body by a doctor though no, it's no, the most no. horrible thing in the world like, I remember when I was younger I had to get one put in my throat and I genuinely thought I was going to die see I think the one down the throat sounds a lot worse than the one getting up the arse because I don't know why or what for jammed. like uh, <laughs> what's that called I don't know uh, if they a put a little camera oh right got you or an endoscope <laughs> kind yeah, of thing I would rather get it put I think they're arse. a lot better at these days like they've got tiny leaf like it's a technology that can go up your ass. Have you been watching Futurama recently, James? I have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining some dude with like a selfie stick and a GoPro going, all right, <laughs> fine, what's wrong with you, mate? <laughs> uh, uh, Shane's got something to ask you about Deniston, mate. He's right, like, really me. excited about this when he heard that you're uh, like, a wee bit bit from Deniston. <laughs> <laughs> Not shy from Deniston, but you live there. Oh, yeah. All right, so you live in Deniston, right? I do, yeah. Whereabouts do you stay, if you don't mind saying? Yeah, don't say it out loud, oh. man. Like, he stays in Deniston. People might walk up and down the street fucking day. Chapping doors going, are you Chris? Are you Chris? Are you here? <laughs> um, all right, so you live there. Uh, mm-hmm. James, 
You say you live a bowl here, where you live fucking like, uh, Canton. It's not Canton. It's basically the end of Duke Street. That's where I live. Uh, <laughs> James has pretended to live in Deniston for about 10 years now. So <laughs> why break the habit of a lifetime? Gary Folds live there. I stay there as well. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts be on starting a gang? I don't know. How, how hard is it to a start a gang? Team, <laughs> I'm in it, aye. That'd be good, mate. Aye. What type of gang you want to start, though? I don't and what think... level of sherry, Mary, are you just now? Uh, a little bit. Like, I'm not, uh, my words are still deadly accurate. It's crazy, but I've got that mad, like, glow on. <laughs> like I'm really warm. Accurate, you know? <laughs> he's, he's the world's best word assassin. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. Like, I don't, I, I mean, I've got tattoos, but they're Dr. Seuss. So I don't know if we'd be a good fighting. Are you a. Are you a good fighter? Like, oh, you sound like you could fucking just talk, punch the fuck out of someone. But like, I don't know, like I, 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 in my head, I imagined us meeting in Alexandra Park and just doing mad fucking, I don't know, dance fights with rival crews. <laughs> Is it not mostly old people that walk through Alexandra yeah, Park? Just confusing people and then occasionally picking up rubbish like a good gang. If he's got a uniform. <laughs> are you, are you saying, no, we're not council workers, but I mean, we could all wear the only jackets and shirts. <laughs> <laughs> what type of gang would you like to be a part of, Chris? Oh, that's good, mate. Um, something quite whimsical, something quite daft. Aye. Oh, I mean, you've already oh, covered that. We just aye, ask on our own. I think there's a lot of cool people that live in Deniston. You must know a few of your mates that are cool that live in Deniston that you can add to this. Aye, aye. There's big Stuart Cosgrove he stays in Deniston. Ah, he's got one of those nice houses though, man. Yeah, the old school ones, like the Channel 4 money really, really worked wonders for him. Met him a couple of times and I walked by him in the street and I went, oh, Stuart, and he just looked at me as if I was... I had a hat on You must have been on what you been on? You must have been on off the ball. ball. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, yeah. Aye. It's, it's very rare that you get Stuart and Tam on one off the ball together, though. I know. Like, I know. There's I usually somebody off, but my missus used to work with them. Like she still mm-hmm. kind of works uh, the same corporation, if you can guess what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used to like have to pretend to talk to his baby because she was talking <laughs> to him in the street and she knows right. him. And I'm like, "Hiya, baby, how you doing?" <laughs> and I, I wasn't an avid listener off the ball, so it wasn't like a big moment for me meeting Stuart Cosgrove. I'm just like, what was it like meeting his baby? Baby's cool as fuck, man. Like, genuinely. <laughs> he's, he's How can a... you be a cool as fuck baby? Oh, mate, I'll show you a picture of this baby. I don't want to explain it, but it's a cool baby. I'm just wearing a bandana and some fucking <laughs> lean overalls. Cool eh? baby. Stuart Cosgrove writes music books and stuff. He'll be a cool, a cool guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's the sort of guy that went to like revolutionary marches in the like, uh, 80s I, and I 70s. I said that. to you a few weeks ago we should get him on this podcast. Probably. Oh, we got, guys, we've got a guest over here. This <laughs> <laughs> guy's going, who else could we get? And he's got his, he's got his number. <laughs> <laughs> just like you guys are just going, mm, people that live in Deniston. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so that's it. Can they start a Deniston gang? Yeah, what would, what would we call it? You're the, Chris, you're the writer. You Oof, need to come up with that sweet gang name. Eh. Come back to me on it. Come back to me on it. Leave it with me. All right, I'll have it before the end of the podcast. Only <laughs> <laughs> procrastinating. Set <laughs> 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 yourself a deadline. Right, right. <laughs> just everybody meeting. The Duchess isn't there anymore. What is it? The Pally now? That's it. Just Pally everybody now. meeting for a drink every Friday. And yeah. like, see an actual like, community, just good cunt group meeting for a proper pint. Because mm. as you get older, the mates that you used to do that way, they get married and then they don't talk mm-hmm. to you anymore as much and then they start making breakfast dates. I'm not naming any <laughs> names, you know. <laughs> this could be the start of something. You could let me in, you know. I could do some, like, what is it they do in America? I like, pledge. I could pledge. <laughs> you know, a calm time pledge. <laughs> I <get it> there. <laughs> Just make me go through, like, Russian, that's what it is, isn't it? One of the most notorious gangs in film is the Breakfast Club, so. <laughs> 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 
what a great movie though. Yeah. We'd have to, not as good as St. Elmo's Fire. We'd have to do it at Leah Rig. Do you guys have you guys ever been to Leah Rig? No, no, that does sound like a fucking bar that people get stabbed in. Though. No, it, like you think it is, but you go there and there's just like this young lady that owns it. I think her mum owns it and she's the barmaid. And is she brought, called Leah Rig? No, no, it's not <laughs> her name. But we went there, me and my mate, and we just got absolutely shit-faced really cheap because we were, she liked the fact that we had accents and we probably were, you know, we had more teeth than most people there on karaoke night. And I don't want to be a cunt about it, but we were just sitting there going like, oh, hello, we're young, we're cool. Hey, what does that whiskey taste like? And she's like, oh, poor you guys, and we taste it. And she would like legitimately pour us half a fucking cup. So <laughs> I have a lot of time for Leah Rigg. I, Good. I love an old man pub. I'll always be an advocate for an old man pub. Are you allowed someone from the South Side in this crew? No. Fuck no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I'm fine. Fuck yeah, I don't want to be in your shit gang anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're in Mount... you got your own Mount get, Florida gang. You, we know a few people from down Mount Florida where we can get you in a gang with. I'll eat my breakfast on my own. I'm just talking about shit because you are. The silly talk aside, I've <laughs> got something serious. You were saying before you don't like to say no to opportunities and mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. So I thought you've got the sexiest voice I've ever heard in my life. Oh, do I make it sexy music? you got sexy music? Sexy so music. my my mum's coming over, and I thought this might be a nice thing for your show reel. Maybe you want to get into <laughs> adult movie narration. Maybe you, you just voice over the German ones or whatever. But I've uh, mum's coming over in August, I think, mm-hmm. and she's heard Scottish voices like James and Daddy. Sexy music isn't on the system anymore. Oh, okay, can you just... Uh, do, 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 nah, do. we'll just we'll just go we'll, we'll go cold, mate. Um, so I've this is the team trying to take the high road for years. <laughs> also, just, I, I did hear that like you know subtle fucking slagging on my accent. <laughs> <haven't> <laughs> I mean, I'm a diamond to your mum. I came up with barbecue. Well, you get a shout out. Well, barbecue gets a shout out in this. So what I'm going to yeah. get you to do Credit. is just read the script. But if you could do it as sexy as possible, it's for oh. mum because she's coming over shortly. But you could use this for your show reel. So just nice and you know deep and. And sensual, if you can. Very nice, man. You ready for this? Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Barbara. Kevin, you might want to turn this down for a minute. It's about to get hot. Hot like a barbecue. <laughs> I heard you're coming in August. You will be. I'll make sure of that. <laughs> Yours sincerely, Chris McQueer. Shane, you wrote that. <laughs> Shane, Shane wrote that for his mum. You wrote that for you. You'd honestly, it's, it's, that's a whole family he's fucking done. That's like the bingo set for incest. I know, I know. <laughs> I was writing it and I was like, you know what? This is a gift for mum. Like, uh, it's yeah. weird doing it, and you know. Oh, I've got, got nothing to say As I heard it I went What the fuck have you done With your life Like Chris, you there's, just... a, there's a strong Strong string through Of moments And incidents Where Shane gets Intimate with his family <laughs> He's admitted Throughout this podcast And that's probably the cherry Solid delivery <laughs> But like, really good delivery like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that probably Anyone that's listening To this uh, podcast Did get an instant stoner <laughs> that, So we're really sorry If it's not away In four hours Go to the hospital please yeah. <laughs> Like just Viagra voice That'd be pretty good That's Mum's birthday and Christmas sorted though. You'll like she it, Mum. I hope she likes it. Sure, she'll like it. Denny, Denny, have we got an Urban Dictionary quiz today? Uh, we don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a game we played. It. Danny really hates playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got a question then for you, hey, Shane. For Do you want to say it or will I say it? 
well, yeah, I mm-hmm. I was going to say it before, but you were like going into like mad stories. So I was like, I'll wait, I'll wait. But oh, yeah. so you're probably the perfect person to ask about this. You used to clean up crime scenes. If you were oh, to yeah. get away with murder, or if you were to murder someone and get away with it, mm-hmm. how would you do it? Oof. Right. Whoa. You want to murder them, like, like mm-hmm. you want to murder them somewhere convenient. Somewhere you might murder them where you can dispose of the body. I would say so. So I would say, can I bank some lock almond? Can I turn them on them? <laughs> Wrap them up, black bags. Weigh them down, right into the lock. How are you murdering them before that, though? How am I murdering them? Aye, because you need you to. It doesn't matter. It can't be messy. Can't be messy. Although it doesn't matter. Clean. I can clean up. So. Um, <laughs> You're the man to clean up. <laughs> <laughs> you might get paid afterwards. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just uh, drop twenty bottles of piss around it. Aye. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's fixation. Strangle them to death. Just <laughs> put them in the bags. Aye, like, don't you kill them before you put them in the aye, bags yeah. and they weigh mm-hmm. them down. Mm-hmm. See if like you plan to me. See if you robbed a <laughs> blood like bank. It's <laughs> <laughs> another thing for you to do when Shane's mum arrives. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Incest is funny, but murdering my mum's not. I think that would be the best option for your mum ahead of her coming over here, mate. Unless you narrated it. Like, you're like, <laughs> hey, Barbara, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strangle you now. But not in that way, but I hope you enjoy it. Like, <laughs> that was me being you, by the way. I don't know if I nailed that. <laughs> nah, definitely not. I'm stu- just I'm got stuck a little in, bit deeper there. I'm stuck in a spot. Do you think it'd be easy to rob a blood bank? Why the fuck would you? Because you're, you're murdering murder. someone, then you could just take different people's blood and put it on the crime scene, and then, you know, you'd obviously contaminate it a wee bit, but they would look for that, that person as opposed mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. Ooh. You could frame someone. I'm not entirely sure who. But, but like, you'd be framing some good cunt who's just tried to save a life. Like, you'd be framing yourself. Like- you're a bastard anyway, <laughs> mate. You're murdering someone. But there's ways you go about it. Come on, like, a bit of professionalism. And- Wouldn't they go to a blood bank? You could go to, like... Like the bin at the back of your barbers, like full of hair, just yes. are, we, are, we, are we sprinkling? Aye, and you could that could be about twenty people sales as well. You know, shit, it's like it's a murder orgy, isn't it? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the best kind of like. I, I imagine like. I'm not saying a, a, a murder orgy is the best king. But hey, that's not the name of the gang. That's why he calls his family Christmas. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, if you're a detective and you're like, oh man, I'm just solving all these fucking murders all the time. Like, you know, one in, one out. Just, you want a murder orgy. You want 15 different hair samples. You want sperm everywhere. You want <laughs> blood from a blood bank. You want a fucking juicy one. If you're like a proper detective, that's the those are the cases you live for. If you were a serial killer, that would be the best method of doing it, and it just fucking bring everybody to the party continuously. You know, blood, semen. I don't know how you're getting that semen, though, mate, but I'd imagine you've probably already got it from places. You know, maybe your families. And then you know, here, I'm I'm into that. Mm-hmm. Aye, cool. We'll I was just me up. Aye, I was just thinking for my first book. There's a woman who gets rid of a dead body. It's like a woman's woman's pal. She like kicks her husband down the stair. And he breaks his neck and he dies, but like, fuck, we need to get rid of the body here. Proper so she, side, innit? Aye, man. So she, like, <laughs> takes it to this other woman's house and she's got two big staffies. And they just put loads of black bags down in the kitchen and get the staffies fucking riled up. And then just let the staffies go to town on them. <laughs> <So> they- <laughs> keeps me out, man. Like, to see if I died and my missus was near there, I reckon my cats would eat me. 
Oh, fuck oh, you. Mate, Hard out. You're alive in your cat's trying to eat you. <laughs> mate, I would rock around and, and join in, though. I wonder what James tastes like. Not in a Stop weird it, way. No, 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 fucking no, try make, to shag your mom. Don't make it like, sexy. You know? I, I got Kristen Dirty Talk in my mouth. It's different. It's not. It's not. What kind of dog you got? He's a wee, he's a Yorkie cross by Cairn Terrier. Oh, mate, that's what makes like, people say you've changed. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was imagining, like, if you hear your voice, you go, this cunt's just got, like, whatever the fuck Hagrid have had. Like, that's the dog you should have. And you're like, it's a Yorkie cross. And you're going, oh, man, if you're crossing it. So if you know what the cross is, you know you've got a fancy dog. Oh, eh? Like, right. if you're not just like, oh, I don't know, it's a mutt. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a bit of everything. What's your dog's name? Tammy. That's oh, a good name. A good solid name. Oh, Celtic name. Aye, man. <laughs> and do you walk him in Alexandra Park? I do, mate. I or take him up hugging through lock and all. That's a good walk, man. I like hugging, mate. Aye. Aye. Big fan, mate. I was thinking more that that's leading follow follow that guy. <laughs> 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 yeah. I was wanting to ask you about obviously, we started the podcast saying you're no drinking, and mm-hmm. that blog I read last year about the mm-hmm. uh, three pint glow, you said something that. I just I'd think it fucking nail on the head situation, mm. mate. It's uh, you're talking about the pros and cons of baby, mm-hmm. and you say it's class, a good laugh, brings mates and family together, uh, and then it, the cons it can cost a fortune, make you doing say ridiculous things and hangovers and like dread and horrible guilt, mm-hmm. man. Like that, that to me, that's the main reason I'm off booze this month mm-hmm. and maybe next month is because every time I'm out, I spend like a hundred quid on booze. Ah, and you end up buying it, people drinks that you don't even fucking it. like, man. You're like, oh no, come on, man, <laughs> on. And you, you're trying to be Billy Big Bollocks, but mm-hmm. you're no. I mean, I, I don't man. fucking earn enough to be buying strangers drinks. Me. People I don't like. <laughs> Have you had any like bad experiences with booze that kind of triggered that second statement? I I, don't, I just went through a phase where, um, I don't know, it wasn't like destructive drinking a lot, but it was the first time I'd been gone out and no, like I'd always been kind of sensible, you know what I mean? I'd get drunk, but I would get to the point where I'd move on to water. And I just went through a phase where I thought, oh, fuck it, just keep going. Just see how much I can drink. And then I was waking up in the morning, I'd been like, find yourself, like, you'd been talking to people, you'd like, see like, phone calls you'd made during the night. Oh, what the fuck did I say, man? Like, whatever, man. Like, um, just generally talking shit and like, putting stuff on Twitter and that and just making an arse of myself. Like, I just felt like, felt like a bit of a clown. You know what I mean, I was waking up in the morning going, just feeling horrible, just hating the person I was the night before. Do you know what I mean? And trying to piece together the night, like, why did I do that? Why did I not just stop? Like, Were you a coherent drunk texter at least? But like, I have a really good ability of see, like, I might not remember what I'm sending, mm. but I'm quite impressed by it the next morning. Aye, like, aye, oh, aye, fuck, aye. this is garbage. Mm. But it's well spelt garbage. Aye, like. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, did you not have a text last year um, that you just didn't, you couldn't discern at all? I can't remember it. Oh, aye, yeah, we talked about that, that one when we were over in. Poland. What I, was it you said? I can't remember because it wasn't the English, but that was the same night that someone texted me asking we were over in a stag do and someone texted asking how it was. Mm-hmm. And I replied to them going like ah, is it bad that I've never been to see like Kanye West or Jay-Z <laughs> when I was at Glastonbury? Like does that mean does, that mean, does it make me a racist that I've never went to see when the headline Glastonbury? <laughs> and they just never replied. <laughs> wow man. But it was spelt so well. It was like wow, you, you've got too much access like I wonder what my mum and dad never really drunk um, mm. so I've never seen them drunk but like their generation you know they could only make like fucking phone calls that people would ignore at three in the morning aye, aye, aye. so you wonder what they were doing 20 years ago when they were really steaming you know <laughs> like you get that urge at like one or two in the morning you're like I need to talk to some cunt and you're like who's active on Facebook or you throw out a tweet and you're like who's replied to that you're like is that the mate 
you up to? And then the next day, you've either deleted it because you got aye, the sense aye. to say, I'm not mm. reading this back, or you're just like, oh, fuck, man, I really, aye, really hate who I am. And we've got too much access to too many people at that time of night. Aye, 100%. For man, it aye. to shame us so much the next 100%, day. 100%, man, aye. How many aye. followers have you got on Twitter? Uh, 18,000. Fuck me. See, I, guess, like, I guess, like asking that question, it's a good way to find out if somebody's a liar or no. <laughs> so it's because every cut knows how many followers they've got yeah. on like, Twitter and that. Do oh. you know what I mean? Like, everybody knows. It's basically like, Easter World, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah, aye, yeah. It's fucking oh, dangerous though. Like, see, if aye, I get man. if I get drunk and tweet something silly, a no one reads my tweets anyway because I do it like once every three months. <laughs> but like, if you get drunk and go, "This will be a funny tweet," you could fucking just wake up cancelled. <laughs> like, honestly, man, the fear of getting cancelled like keeps me up at night. Like, just to be so careful, <laughs> man. Like, this is a nice transition because the comedy festival coming up in March, you've mm-hmm. got a play called Runner that mm-hmm. you still to finish right, and you were saying mm-hmm. it is. But you've told Shane and I the plot before we come in, and mm-hmm. I know. That this is right down your street, James. So this is like your kind of story because you talk about stuff like this a lot. So can you tell us a bit about Runner and aye, what aye. the plot is? Um, aye, so it's a play I'm writing for the Glasgow College Festival. It's one in March. So it's called Runner. So it's about this lassie. She's called Agnes Aratoria and she's basically based on like Jimmy Genevieve. So she's like Scotland's kind of number one YouTuber, influencer. She's got like 10 million followers. She's just like one of the most famous people in Scotland, basically. But the thing is, like, she just can't walk down the street with the people pointing cameras in her face, taking pictures of her, like, shooting stuff at her. She just can't get a bit of peace. And then um, she's got a big tax bill coming in and all. So one day she just decides she's like, just has a meltdown. She's like, no, I can't do this anymore. I'm off. I'm just doing a runner. I'm just going to leave all this behind. Fucking start a new life, whatever. So she just, like, buys, like, a wee shite motor off Gumtree. And she's just got to go to the Highlands and just take 500 quid with and see how far she can get and just see what happens. So she does. So, That's aye, exactly what I've, like... <clears throat> that's exactly what I want to do aye. <laughs> like, aye man that's why I wrote it I like it's, it's just so many people just wish you could just start again just I'd even just disappear like, aye man you'd have really sad look in your eyes I'm <laughs> very sad man wish you could just disappear <laughs> but I go to and it's like sometimes when I'm going to sleep I'll just think about stuff like that mm-hmm. you know I'm like mm-hmm. I'd just love to take all the money out my bank and mm-hmm. fuck off to aye, aye. somewhere in Southeast Asia and aye. never come back again and then, aye, but ten years ago, man, I used to think about like that. I've got a weird mindset. I used to think about what would happen if I just disappeared for three years and then I came back and everybody was like, "Oh, you're back!" Aye. You know, like <laughs> as if I made a massive impact and mm-hmm. like you know me being missing, but not telling anyone. Mm-hmm. You'd be Batman. You no. just tell me the aye, plot man. of Batman. Except I wouldn't come back to a mansion. Come back to my boss, but very angry cats. Um, <laughs> the cats have been starving. We've been waiting to eat you for three years. <laughs> it, it's Lucy because I uh, I drove back from Bristol the other day, mm-hmm. um, and I, I drove the whole way because I felt energetic and I was like, cool, whatever. And it just felt genuinely it was fucking great not looking at my phone i got mm-hmm. to like i'd had probably better chats than i'd had with my partner for fucking ages because you're you're always watching a, a program or you're cooking mm-hmm. or you're doing something or you're with mates or whatever mm-hmm. and just he's sitting in a car for that like, i thought it'd be shite but i was sitting there going this is about halfway through i was going i've had amazing chats and i've <laughs> had good laugh with, with my mm-hmm. girlfriend and i mean this driving because you know once you're driving on a fucking straight road for six or seven hours it's just it just you forget you've even driven. You kind of go, mm-hmm. oh, what happened to the last yeah. two? Hours? I've been driving Aye, the whole time, <laughs> but that like escaping your phone, fucking, Aye. especially if you're someone like you know twenty thousand followers, eighteen thousand followers. Fuck, it must be just the dream. Aye, Aye. that's kind of why I wrote it. Because I've just thought, you know, imagine I could just turn my phone away. I just just fuck off, just disappear, just go after the grid. So like, do you feel like, do you feel pressure to? You said that earlier. You know, you want to connect with people that mm-hmm. might like your stuff, so you need mm-hmm. to. 
you know, constantly communicate. Mm-hmm. You feel that pressure, though. Do you ever just have those days where you're like, I wish I wasn't on Twitter at all? I do, man. I there's been times I have just wanted to just. I've had like a couple of meltdowns in the last maybe year or so, but just it just it does all get a bit much for me, and I feel pure guilty because I'm like, if this is fucking living my dream here, why is it still so stressful on that? But like, and it's when that happens, I just want to just delete everything off my phone and just. Just go back to what in our shop. <laughs> so how do you cope with that? And I know, mate, just from observation, um, mm-hmm. you've got a very, very supportive girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see on the face of it, two years old. It seems mm-hmm. like you're both each other's rock and helping aye, each aye. other through so much and mm-hmm. supporting each other with your career. Does that... Mm-hmm. Does that that's a big help. I, I, I keeps you kind of grounded, I Just, I Because um, my girlfriend's a writer as well. She's a, she's a journalist and she writes poetry and she writes stories and all. So it's good having somebody who's on the same wavelength as you who just gets... Guess what you're doing, it's brilliant. So it's that bohemian lifestyle, man. It's that me, aye. Just do good, just <laughs> love the dream, go aye. to the highlands, <laughs> mate, and just keep it all going. Aye, man. It's, it's exactly like us, James, just describing you and I's relationship, really. Aye. <laughs> when are you going to finish this play, by the way? you got a month? I need to finish it this week. So I do. So and have you got any parts aye. for us? I can write his internet, aye. aye. <laughs> <laughs> um, I grudgingly don't accept. <laughs> I'll just be the guy in the back. If you need somebody to be the taxi driver, mate, driving mate, uh, James Genevieve's character up to the Highlands, I'll definitely Brilliant, do it. Mate. No, you can sell the car and drunk gum tree. She's buying a motor. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I mean, I'd, I'd definitely do that. I can look shifty yeah. and dodgy. Mm-hmm. But listen, uh, we'll go check Shane and see how <laughs> Mary Sherry worked out. Yeah, good. <laughs> Those are <laughs> underwhelming answers. Right? I, I genuinely like. What's your levels? What are you thinking? Well, uh, I've made a conscious decision because you can't start drinking now. Sorry, Chris, for calling you, for wrapping you up in the cunts. But Again, <laughs> this gang is falling apart. It's this not, gang it's is not, disintegrating. We, we're honest with each other because we love each other as a gang. You know, we're moving forward. But I've started drinking for the podcast now. Like, I don't want to get drunk. So you accidentally get a little bit tipsy and stuff, but you don't want it because fucking. I hate waking up on it's a school night tonight and I hate waking up hanging and like just having to look at your workmates and go, I don't like you. I mean I like you. I don't know. Fucking don't talk to me. Just you know what I mean? I hate that that vibe when you're you're struggling. I've come in real hot. Hey, that's going all right. What, um, <laughs> mate, what, what came like, in can hot. you answer the question? <laughs> what level of sherry gets you married? <laughs> Came in I don't know. Just been texting it, his mum. That it, it, it tastes like fucking gearbox fluid. Oh. Eh? Like it's hard to get proper Mary on it because you drink it and it tastes like getting kicked in the nuts. Brilliant, brilliant. That's not an answer. I'm sure we'll figure it out. We'll find that measurement. You know, the metric system will work. Um, listen, anyone listening to this that wants to check out Chris McQueer's books, go out and buy a hard copy because that's probably the best thing for you. That'd if somebody goes in a bookshop and actually buys it, plus it's fucking cool having a local author's book in your hands as well. Um, and when Hermit comes out, buy that as well. I'm sure you'll be uh, publicising it. And go and see this play, Runner. That's at the Tron Theatre on the 24th, uh, 25th of March. That's right. I think we've got about um, 20 tickets left. So. Is, there, see it. is there scope to roll it out after? I don't know. Maybe take it to the fringe. Um, been talking about maybe doing that. So maybe see. Yeah. Just depends how well it goes on the night. Take it for there, man. But I'd quite like to do the fringe, right? And mate, it's a it's an absolute pleasure having you in. Oh, cheers, boys. Let's definitely do it again, but get drunk, and we'll definitely, try that three pint thing. Hundred percent. And we'll uh, try and get in your gang when it. Comes <laughs> Have we got a name for it yet? Oh, oh, fuck. It wasn't your challenge, Shane. Don't worry. Oh right, yeah, got you. Because I was suddenly like, yeah. Have you got Have you got a name for it? 
Skal vi bare, I don't know, the Denniston Menaces. And menaces can be like cute menaces, like Dennis the Menace. Like, that doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like gag, like too scary, does it? It's like, oh, those guys are menaces. Right, well, watch out for them <laughs> if you're in the East End, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just bet they're in the street from Brexit East. <laughs> <laughs> Let me in, guys. The Cantine's not that far away. <laughs> I'll start my own thing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers, boys. Cheers for having us. That was Drunk Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast, go listen to some of the other ones. The old you would have. If you're on socials, like us there as well. Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Therapy. It's something weird on Twitter, which I can't remember right now.